Bridget Masinga on The Art of Everything. It is the art of everything, and part of that everything is the all-encompassing business of art, which can be separated into so many conversations. Um, But I guess today we'll just have a very generic, very basic conversation around, you know, the business of art, but from a pricing perspective, especially. It's always an interesting conversation, this, uh, as we look at what makes one piece of art, and in this particular instance, we're talking perhaps visual art, sculptural art, what makes one piece more valuable and more significant than the other piece, especially in an e-commerce system? And joining me now are two ladies who are well-versed and with an extensive uh, amount of experience between the two of them in the space. Uh, Mary Corrigal joins me, and she's got a decade-long, over a decade-long career as a leading art journalist and academic. Uh, (laughs) And she established Corrigal & Co. in 2016. And in that capacity, she consults with not only artists, but collectors collectors as well, galleries, as well as non-profit uh, organizations, art organizations, institutions like ours, for instance. There's a lot of corporate private art collectors out there and art collections on the market. Um, and Mary has actually contributed as well to uh, the South African Cultural Observatory um, and has written a number of uh, pieces and reports on contemporary African art, including conversations around curatorship, pricing and and ecologies. And also joining us on the conversation, uh, Makati Molibatsi, who uh, founded Makati Molibatsi Art Consultancy that uh, gives guidance to private individuals, corporates, as well as uh, early career artists in navigating the contemporary art world. Um, and equally so, Makati is well versed in the world of art, having started a career as a marketer and communicator in the beauty, skin, and hair care industry and having moved moved on um, and studied for an art and business with the Sotheby's Institute of Art in London um, and served in a number of art bodies, including advising on the uh, South African Biennale as well as providing mentorship and guidance to artists and finding herself now as one of the co-founders of, of course, uh, the uh, movement that we are all very much aware of because I think we speak to them quite often from time to time, or at least we indulge uh, the artists from time to time in our conversation, Latitudes Art Fair, which was co-founded back in 2019. Good evening, ladies. How are you all doing? Thank you. Yeah. Everybody can hear me? Hi, Hi, Mary. Is Mary there? Ah, Mary, are you there? Okay, we'll start with you in the meantime, Makati. It's fine because you're on the line. I know that Mary was having some connectivity issues Ah. thanks to load shedding. Um, So hopefully we can get her back on the line. How are you doing this evening? I'm very well. Just a bit tired. End of the week. Aski. So I'm very grateful <laughs> yeah, that you know. could indulge this conversation. I mean, it's yes. not going to be a laborious one, but it is okay. one of interest. Um, yeah. You know, people and people always ask, and I'm sure you get it all the yeah. time. Uh, people mm-hmm. always ask in terms of art and the business of art. The number yes. one question that I get all the time is, well, how do I know what's valuable? 
um, which in itself is a very broad question and I never know how to answer it. <laughs> I don't know if with all your wealth of experience, you've perhaps come up with a, a summarized, how do I know what's valuable response? Yeah, you know, it is a question that I get very often. I mean, uh, how valuable is art? But there are very many things that ascribe value to an artwork. Mm. You know, um, an early career artist's artwork um, will not be that valuable, you know. Yeah. Or it will not be that price because he's, you know, he's an early career artist, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and if you compare that with someone which is a mid-career artist or an established artist, their prices are going to vary yeah. um, because of the career trajectory. What have they done? What have they achieved over the years? Mm. You know, so that, that's where price comes in, you know. So, and, and of course, the medium of artworks also determines the price of artwork. So there are many, many variable things that ascribe value to an artwork. And we can take the entire evening talking about that. Absolutely. And that's what I always say. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Mary, I'm told that you are back on the line now. How are you doing? Yes. Hi, Bridget. Yes, I think I got lost there in the beginning. (laughs) No, it's all right. It's all right. You know, load shedding plays the tricks on us. So, Mary, I was just saying to Makati, the number one question that I get all the time in all the spaces that I, I inhibit, people always want to ask, you know, especially those beginning the engagement with the artistic world. Um, the number one thing I get asked is, how do I know what's valuable or what to collect? Well, I think for somebody who, it depends, obviously, uh, how much money they have in terms <laughs> of where they're going to start collecting. But I think even if, you know, depending whether you have a lot of money or very little, um, you probably should start at the same place in the sense that you um, gravitate towards works that speak to you. Mm. Um, you know, I think that real value around art probably should be measured in um, what it means to you personally, Mm. Uh, whether you connect to the story that the artist is telling, um, perhaps it resonates with something that's happened in your life, or maybe it just um, just somehow, you know, affects you in a particular way, or maybe there's something really visually appealing about the work. Um, and, And I think in the beginning as well, it's you know, connecting with artists and the stories that they're telling, mm. I think is probably a really good place to start. So probably not buying anything to start with and just listening to conversations, going on as many walkabouts, gallery walkabouts with artists that you can do and and just soaking up those those stories that artists are telling about their works and see see where where that leads you. Um, I mean I think in terms of value, obviously the value of a work ultimately is going to be in its resale value. So whether it could be sold on auction, and I'm sure, as, you know, Makati might have mentioned already, I'm not sure, you know, it really, even that um, can be touch and go as well, Mm, even if it's mm -hmm. a very well-established artist. You Mm. know, I mean, you could... You could park your money in a Sokoto, but not every Sokoto <laughs> sells at auction. Yeah. You know, so then yeah. it also comes down to, you know, collecting the ultimate piece that a, that a particular artist makes, mm. um, which is mm. why putting in a little bit of time to get to know what is that, what is particularly unique about that artist, 
um, and, and finding that work that really exemplifies that that uniqueness. Mm, mm. And I, th- I think, mm. ladies, you know, and you touch on that, Mary, and I'm sure, uh, Makatsu, you also agree mm. with that, is the investment in the artist's journey is, you know, it's not only a good starting point, but it's also a good sort of, it's a good habit to get into, to get into n- knowledge, equipping yourself with knowledge. Um, that will better align your thinking beyond just answering the question of what is valuable or what should I collect, but also just understanding the space and the various mediums. Yes, I, I, you know, I always say to people that um, come to me and say, you know, I want to start buying collecting art or mm. I want to acquire you know, an artwork. And, um, you know, I mean, Mary um, touched on on various, um, you know, motivations for acquiring art, Mm. you know, the essential value, uh, the social value and the investment value. So Mm. you find people falling in one of the three, you know, and I've I've met people like that. And I think this comes from, you know, a very good book, which is called The Value of Art by Mm. Michael Findlay. And um, he talks about these three, you know, and Mary said the essential value it's um you know people that i mean if you're going to buy an you know an early career artist mm. you're looking for essential value you're not looking for investment value mm. because that that artist has not had a career yet yeah. you know he hasn't acquired many of the things that need to make him valuable or his work valuable mm. so you know you know it's like it's re- does it resonate with you um you know does it um touch on a fair frame of reference you know mm. as mary mentioned or the social value mm. i have met people that i walk into them and i sit with them and they call um you know i want so and so and so and so and so and so so and so they're done they mm. know who they want and all the people mm. that they want are going to be able to when people walk into their home they say oh you've got a Kentridge, you've got mm. a Macamo, you've got a whatever. That is social value. And I know, you know, or mm. investment value. And if someone wants to acquire an artwork and they say, I'm in it for investment value, yeah. you know, you know that they have to acquire someone that is probably in their mid-career just about to transition into an established artist like a Kentridge. Mm. You know, if you acquire a Kentridge, mm. yes. you know, that is investment. Mm-hmm. And Mary mentioned you know, Sokoto, Gerald mm. Sokoto is dead, you mm. know. Um, so if you acquire that, you know, so that's where you look at. You look at investment value. If I am going to put this into the secondary market, mm. which is the resale market, how much is it going to get for me? But yeah. you know what? Mm. Um, not all artists at that level, you know, are investment uh, you know, value because yes. then there has to be legacy. You know, so um, something has to be happening to those artists. Mm. Sometimes people say, um, I can actually acquire, um, you know, once an artist dies. Yeah. And then their work appreciates in price. Not, not, not always, because then there has to be, you know, you have to enhance that artist's legacy. There Absolutely. has to be exhibitions. There has to be uh, monographs, catalogs, catalog resume. Yeah. And a catalog resume is um, a, a an, an entire uh, collection, you know, and a, a document of all the artist's work. Mm. That mm. is what is called a catalog resume. It only happens with an established career artist or a dead artist. Yeah. Then there has to be something happening, and then that artist remains in people's minds, and the um, you know the demand increases. 
and that's where if the demand of an artist or artwork increases mm. um, more people want to acquire that work so there's competition for that work yeah. so the value appreciates mm. yeah i mm. mean ladies it, you know it's it's a conversation it's a conversation started let's put it that yes. way and we are definitely going to mm. build more on all of this because it is a very uh, nuanced it, it can get down to the nuanced details of, yes. of of the world but here's what i also want to want to understand and this is often discourse within my circles and within <laughs> i mean the other day i found myself at bag factory mm-hmm. with the curator oh. of the up-and-coming <laughs> turbine art fair and yes. uh, mm-hmm. joe the framer from ll editions yes. and, and some of the the legendary artists within the building and here we were at 6 p.m discoursing with younger artists about um you know that that tangible value and and both you yeah. ladies bring up a bunch of things that we should consider and we were debating and my stance is always on some yes but you, the career trajectory of an artist yes. um should mm-hmm. have value where where are we standing right now we seeing so many young emer- what we call young artists or emerging mm-hmm. artists um, yeah. and a lot of people mm. now going but how how am i able to afford a young artist at 60,000 70,000 um you mm. know and a young artist who's who sort of come out the gate maybe a year or two ago um mary what are your thoughts on that well, um, the, you know, some not all young artists mm-hmm. are equal. Yes. Um, mm. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, especially these days, uh, gallerists, uh, there's actually a shortage of really good artists to mm. be truthful. So gallerists are always looking at those graduates before they've graduated. Mm. So often they're, they're selling before they, they get out there. And so those young artists, um, their work is probably a premium when they graduate, mm. whereas others perhaps not so much. You know, artists, uh, like everybody, I guess, their uh, time in the sun uh, could be at different stages in their life as well. Of course. So some peak, peak early. Uh, so, you know, actually for collectors, um, generally my advice often is don't buy what everyone else is buying because mm. At that stage, you you buying the work at a premium, so you should be looking for those artists who are affordable. I mean, you can pick up a work, um, you know, between the twenty and thirty thousand mm-hmm. um, of a young artist, perhaps even less. You know, maybe looking at drawings or editioned works mm. um, by young graduates. You know, going to the student shows. That is really where you're going to see more investment in your money in a way, although it's much far riskier, of mm. course. But, um, you know, if you're buying a work at, say, and, and we, you know, we've got these stories um, of, of artists who've, who've seen phenomenal growth between their graduation and, you know, two, three years in. Mm, mm. Um so if you're buying an artist at that point where they're on the cusp, I think Mahati was talking about mm. that, where on they, they are on that cusp and they're not always mid-career mm. being on that cusp because a lot of mid-career artists often don't have that potential to go further. Mm. But um, if you look at that, that mid-career artist um, on the cusp or the young artist who, who might be uh, on the cusp, and, um, you know, they start to grow um, in reputation through, um, 
exhibitions, museum shows, and predominantly being picked up by um, large galleries or international mm-hmm. galleries. That mm-hmm. is usually that usually signals that they're on the, the up if they're, yeah. they're picked up by a, a gallery outside of Africa. Unfortunately, that that is the ultimate validation. Yeah, and and, mm-hmm. and then they work. You know, I've seen artists work um, go up by two hundred percent. Oh, I've seen that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we've all seen it because you kind of kick yourself and you're like, oh my goodness, why didn't I buy that when I could afford to buy that? Why was I um, buying banana bread during lockdown instead of buying <laughs> Cynthia? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, uh, so I think the emerging artists are worth looking at. And, you, you know, even at that, that really, that bottom end, you can actually find some incredible works. Of course, it is very risky because mm. you don't really know where they're going to go. And, you know, you can sit with a collection of works that you, you know, actually can't sell on because, mm. you know, not all artists stay as artists. Um, but, you know, there are no guarantees, um, you know, in, in life. Yeah. Um, so that's why it probably is best to to um, select works that also speak to each other. I think that's a really important um, aspect to a collection is that its value is really in how the works relate to each other. Mm. So they might independently not really have value um, but together in terms of you know let's say you you collecting um, you know works by artists who uh, work walk thrift in the 60s and 70s mm. a lot of those edition prints um, are within they're very accessible um, and one could be you know you could fill a room and it, it could have so much impact and if you were very carefully selecting works by all those great artists mm. um, from that era, you could have a magnificent collection um, that, that has real historical, social and political value. I actually just saw a collection just recently. Aspire mm. had uh, a collection up for secondary market um, mm-hmm. and I went to the, the preview. I think it was called the present future mm-hmm. a collection of yes. contemporary African artists. It was really impressive. Just as a parting shot, I, I mean, mm. this is a conversation. I will invite you ladies back again <laughs> uh, at a different point as we continue to unpack <laughs> yeah. these conversations around the business of art. I think a lot of people are now sort of awakening to 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 visual arts and they're trying to understand it from various perspectives. And one of the big conversations is obviously the financial element of it, both from an mm. investor perspective, if you're collecting, and the return on on, on, on on margins for you. And just on that note, as a parting shot, Makati, um, yes. if you can just give us a, a brief summary of how do we understand the secondary market as South Africans and how does that impact us? Because that's always another point of contention for a lot of yeah. new collectors is... But if you are selling your work for, you know, 10,000 USD, uh, Mm -hmm. surely you cannot be expecting me to pay direct translation of what that is. Not to say, let me pay less than your value, but to say, can we find a middle ground where South Africans 
um, at a particular bracket are able to engage you without feeling like they're spending all of their Crawford school fees on, <laughs> on your piece. <laughs> but you see, that is the problem with the secondary market. It's a resale market, mm. you know. So it means that this work has been brought to the primary market, meaning that it was brought fresh from the artist studio. Mm. Now, the person that is consigning this work is not expecting someone to say, well, you know, and then it just depends on where the artwork or the artist is, you mm. know. So if you're going to go to the secondary market wanting to buy a Sekoto mm. or a, um, a David Kulwane who has mm. passed away, or mm. hopefully his work is going to appreciate in value. And, um, you know, there's going to be more people that are competing to acquire that work. Yeah. So if you are not in that bracket of competition you're not going to win the work you're going to be an underbeater that is a very high bracket that you mentioned exactly you know you're going to be underbeater and you're going to lose out so i would say to you you know as mary said go to um you know an artist who's in the formation phase yeah you know um you know emerging artists and buy but i always say to people buy with your ear and your eye Uh uh-huh you know what you like but what you like you should be informed on it you know you have Mm. information on the artist and but because and then you can live with that because if you buy an emerging artist or emerging early career artist at the formation phase Mm. you know you're buying what you're going to live with and you're going to live with that for many years as as long as it is on your wall when you walk in from work from wherever you are Mm. you come from you must say hmm Ah, thank you for welcoming me home. <laughs> you know, I think so. I mean, I have a lot of artworks that I bought because I was on the, I was, uh, I was involved with the Beck Factory for a yes. very long time. So I have acquired a lot of artists that came into the Beck Factory at the formation phase. You know, and I still love the work. It's still hanging on my wall, and I still love it. When I walk in, I'm saying hello. Um, I'm glad you're welcoming me home. So that is the whole thing. So anybody that wants to buy on the resale market must be willing to pay, especially if it's an artist that is in high demand. Consumers. Ladies, thank you so much for the conversation. (laughs) We will definitely have you girls back again. Uh, This was enlightening, and I'm sure uh, those listening who are getting into the space truly appreciate it. Uh, That was uh, Makati Molibatsi and Mary uh, Corrigal joining me this evening to just enter a conversation that we're going to continue on the business of art. There are many facets to this, and as the year unfolds, we'll keep layering on and layering on.